Welcome, this is Beyond the Hate, I'm Steven. I'm John. And just to let you guys know, if y'all listened to the last episode and y'all heard a little bit of uh, sniffing and stuff like that, it was just, you know, because of the summer and, you know, things like that, and, and cocaine. Um, <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. No, there was no cocaine, I just had a, kind of a, a sinus issue. Which will happen from time to time. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. No, his his nose was red like a like a. Like yeah, I still proceeded on to the show. I heard me do it a couple times when I listened back to the episode, and I was like, okay, I'll mention it. You know, coke addictions are serious. Um, <laughs> Steal the audience's thunder before they can be like, but Steve, you sounded like shit. Oh, okay, yeah, well, yeah. At least right. he knows. <laughs> yeah, I already got. I already got it. So you know, just just stick your bitching up your ass. Uh, <laughs> So, today, we are doing a 4th of July movie. One of the most American movies ever. Team America, World Police. Yes. This is <laughs> very good. Very good movie. Um, so, what are we drinking today, John? Uh, today, we're drinking... Oh, yeah. I gotta get mine open. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. This is uh, Monday Night Brewing Company, and this is uh, I'm on a Boat Golden, golden Ale. Golden Ale. So, tastes like piss. No, uh, it, it doesn't, doesn't taste horrible. Like it's it's drinkable and it's not like it, it. It's kind of like an IPA that kind of like lost its nerve and was like not gonna be as strong. Yeah, right. It tastes like the Atlanta Falcons in the playoffs. It's like uh, not really that strong. <laughs> <laughs> it is from Atlanta, Georgia. That's why I made that joke. It's a fairly decent beer. We give it a yeah. 1.5 star. Yeah, it's, it's drinkable. Not you should try it. People that like IPAs more than we do, they'll probably like it more. It's kind of smooth. The aftertaste doesn't, you know, taste like. For a hoppy beer? A really hoppy low hand Saturday night. So. <laughs> For a really hoppy beer, it's not. It doesn't have that, like, ridiculous, like, bitter aftertaste like a lot of your IPAs do. <laughs> no, I don't know if this actually is an IPA because it doesn't say that it is, but it tastes like one. But the main reason I bought it was because it's, it's called I'm on a Boat. I'm on a Boat. Yeah, and I was like, I just, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, Lonely Island, that's pretty cool. Yeah, anything so. to do with Lonely Island is something that we, uh, we, we endorse. Yes. We, we endorse Lonely Island. <laughs> so, before we get started on this awesome episode, we have to do our Dying for Life draft. Um, did you prepare this time? Somewhat, yes. I, I thought of one person. <laughs> That's all you need. That's okay. all you need. So, the dead person that you want to bring back to life, go ahead, name him. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman, that is... Because we were talking about Hans Gruber and everything, like on the last episode. or well, We talked about him, I know, when we did the Fifth Element episode. Right. And so, I was just like thinking, I was like, man, fuck, I'd really love to have Alan Rickman back. Alan Rickman was one of those guys that was just... He was really, I remember even watching kind of a ridiculous movie with Tom Selleck that he was in, where the Quigley Down Under, you <laughs> yeah, remember that movie? I remember that movie. It's very ridiculous. It's, it's a very good movie, though, and uh, you're sitting there and you're watching it and you're like, I like the bad guy more. Even though he's like a piece of crap, like, his, his, uh, what Alan Rickman projects a lot of times, it's just like Hans Gruber, like... You, does anyone even think for a second that Die Hard would have been as good if it wasn't for Alan Rickman being in it? Uh, probably not. 
I mean, I mean, it still would have been good because of Bruce Willis. We're not knocking Bruce. To make a good but, movie, you have to have a villain that's just as good as the hero. Yeah. And uh, that is that is something that uh, brings me to my person that I would like to bring back, Paul Newman. Paul Newman. Oh yeah, yeah. Racer, philanthrop- philanthropist, and charities. Like yeah. I buy his stuff all the time because a hundred percent of that goes to charities. His kids still, you know, carry that on. One of the best actors ever. They also um, make some of the best queso dip I've probably ever had in my life. Like if you if you're getting tortillas, if you're getting like tortilla chips, or you're you know you're gonna get like some stuff for like taco night or something. And you're like, hey, let's get some queso dip. Get the fucking Paul Newman queso dip. We're not getting paid anything from the Paul Newman family. Yeah. We're just big fans. And, like, that queso dip is fucking amazing. <laughs> Anytime you have a chance to get anything Paul Newman, no, it's never a waste of money because 100% of the profits go directly to charity. Yeah. So it's worth a try. And, and most of the time, food. yeah, 100% of the time that I've tried it, it's always been good. Yeah. So, you know, I would do that advertisement if they asked me to for free every episode. Um, because Paul Newman products are the shit. Yeah. Um, so He's I also got, a badass race car driver, too, on top of being an awesome human being. Yeah, awesome <laughs> human being, like one of the best people ever. Brought a lot of people into acting and made sure that they succeeded by teaching them. We could talk forever about Paul Newman, probably. Um, he's got so much stuff that he accomplished in his life. And, you know... It'd be amazing to see what he could do. You know, you talk about people maybe being immortal. I mean, say give Paul Newman 200 years to live and let him be a president for 80 of those. And <laughs> I mean, we're talking about a different world. Right, uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> not, the, not the show. That only lasts <laughs> one season. Most of you don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do remember that show, though. I watched it. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty good show. Because it was I a think. spinoff of the Cosby show. It was, it was. Back before we realized that Bill Cosby was a fucking monster. He is a monster. Oh, well, I think he might come up here pretty soon. Actually, yeah. Okay, the person I would nominate to replace Alec Rudman is Bill Cosby. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I had another guy in mind, but when you said Bill Cosby, I was like, yeah, yeah, let's go ahead and trade him off. Yeah, let's get him off planet. Let's get him out of here. Yeah. Let's get Alan Rickman back, you know. Yeah. I think that uh, that's... Because the thing with Cosby, too, it's pretty messed up, is that, like... I remember watching the Cosby show, like, when I was a kid. I mean, I know you watched it. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, like, it, I always liked that show. It was one of those shows that, like, it would just be funny without having to be stereotypical or any of that kind of stuff. And it was really well written. And then when you realize what Bill Cosby was behind the scenes, it's like, it's really difficult for me to even think about trying to watch that show now because it's like the whole time you'd be thinking like, yeah, well, you know, you want to be this wholesome dad on TV, but in real life you're a fucking monster. And it's just horrible to think because... um it's such a good show, and everyone worked really hard to make it. And the mm-hmm. one guy who it's named after is the one that fucked up. Okay, yep. so who would you nominate to replace Paul Newman? Donald Trump. Okay, so <laughs> Donald Trump is gone, and so Paul have, Newman is back. So, because my, my rationality for that is that... Now Paul Trump, Newman's president? 
Well, that would be awesome. Like when you said something like Paul Newman being president, I was like, oh well, I was gonna I was gonna sacrifice Trump anyway, but this just makes it even better. Now Paul but, Newman, yeah, Paul Newman's president now, and we just got rid of DT. Right. Yeah. So I think that's a fair trade. You guys let us know if that was a fair trade for you. Beyond the hate at yahoo.com. <laughs> million dollars the gross was 52 million uh, it was greenlit immediately because it was uh, you know they thought it would be really really cheap to make because it's puppets yeah so they were like yeah make it I mean it's fucking puppets <laughs> so okay so originally Matt Damon was supposed to be an intelligent character, but when they saw the puppet that was made for Matt Damon, they thought it made him look, and I quote, retarded. Yeah. So they played him as such. <laughs> um, you know, those were the things about this movie that always got me, is you have all these actors, because you have like Samuel L., and you, know, you have Alec Baldwin, and all these different people. You know, and of course, nobody's actually doing, like, nobody's like really, like really trying to sound like their actual person, you know. But when you get to, to, to Damon, it's like, Matt Damon. <laughs> it just sounds so stupid. <laughs> Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, the statue in Kim Jong-il's palace is actually a human in heavy makeup. Because if you see it originally, whenever it first shoots on it, you can see him blinking. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's not a puppet. It's just I did like, notice that originally, but yeah. now I might have to go back and re rewatch just that segment. Yeah, after I found the fact, I watched it right after and I seen it. Um, Matt Stone was interviewed for the film Bowling for Columbine. Do you remember that? I've yes. Been, I, I, I never watched any of this fucker's stuff, but... Michael Moore, yeah. I, no, I, I watched Bowling for Columbine. Okay. Because like, when we did our Marilyn Manson episode... Yeah, the yeah. Segment I remember is when he's talking, talking to Manson, you know, which is the best part of that movie. But yeah, I don't, I don't really watch any of this dude stuff, uh, because Matt Stone grew up near where the the school was. Yeah, he was unhappy afterwards because the animated section of the film made it seem like that Matt Stone helped him make it. That's uh, how he insinuated when he did it. So that's why he's projected in a really negative light in this movie. Yeah, because Michael Moore does come up in the comments, so. Because yeah. he is a character in the movie. Yeah, he uh, George Clooney was a huge force in helping get South Park made uh, and put on TV. Uh, he and Matt Damon said they both would have been offended if they didn't appear somewhere in the film. Uh, Do you remember what George Clooney uh, did as a voice actor in the, in the South Park? Uh, it's been a long time, so I don't remember. Because I got trivia for you now, bitch. <laughs> okay, tell me. So George Clooney was actually Sparky, uh, Stan's dog. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because he actually, anytime that they had the Sparky, 
the dog on screen uh, doing stuff, the barks were all done by George Clooney. That is kind of funny. Yeah, I thought that was pretty hilarious. Matt Stone vowed to never make another movie with Trey Parker again because of stress and 17-hour days that Trey Parker required. Um, so that's not ever going to happen again. You'll never see a Trey Parker-directed um, film with Matt Stone in it ever again. Which is weird, though. I guess because like maybe he's just more demanding on movies than he is at South Park. Well, that, and he sees them every day on South Park, and... Yeah, uh, Trey Parker is more demanding on movies. Um, Seventeen-hour days doesn't happen on South Park. No. Um, in the uh, overhead shot of Gary laying in vomit was actually Trey Parker wearing fake legs. Um, oh really? That was whenever it goes overhead like this, you see the legs sprawled out and the person with the eyes closed. That wasn't a puppet. That was Trey Parker laying in a mixture of soup and beer. Oh God. I bet that probably smelled, like, disgusting after a while. <laughs> okay, now it's trivia time. All right. <laughs> trivia time on my part. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bill Pope was the director of photography on this film. What movies is Bill Pope famous for? A, The Matrix Trilogy. B, The Nightmare Before Christmas. C, The Lord of the Rings, or D, Star Wars? Nightmare Before Christmas? No. Oh. He was famous for the Matrix trilogy. Oh, I don't remember that. He did okay. all three of the Matrixes as the director of photography, uh, and he did this movie because he wanted something different. Um, the this Nightmare is definitely different. <laughs> yeah, the Nightmare Before... Um, uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas was Pete... Kozicic, um, The Lord of the Rings was Andrew uh, Lesney, who won an Oscar. Um, Star Wars was Gilbert Taylor. Um, I put that on there because I, I wanted to give them credit. Yeah, all amazing people. <laughs> yeah, all of them are really good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Andrew uh, Lesney, I know, won an Oscar for The Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah, rightfully so. Yeah, okay. So, what is Trey Parker's real name? A, Tracy Randall Parker. B, Trey Cartman Parker the Fourth. C, Kenny Vanderhoyt Parker. Or D, Randolph Severn Parker the Third. Uh, I'm gonna say it's the was it Tracy Randall Parker? Is that it? You saying A? Yeah. No, his real name is Randolph Severn Parker the Third. Oh really? Yeah. I what does he go very... by? What does he go by? Trey then? It just no it clue. Just doesn't it? Just sounds... maybe he just hates everything else about his name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So how many viewers? This gets a little South Parky uh, in my trivia, but we're talking about Trey Parker and Matt Stone. So yeah. Uh, how many viewers did South Park have for the pilot episode of South Park? A two point three million. B three point three million. C, 5.5 million, or D, 1.5 million? Uh, I'm going to say 3.3. It was C, 5.5 million viewers. Oh, okay. <laughs> Damn. All right. By the end of the first year, South Park single-handedly saved Comedy Central from deletion. They were almost not a network. 
delete, 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 delete. <laughs> how did how much did Southport Park make in merchandise alone in the first year? A twenty five million. B one hundred and fifty million. C seventy five million. Or D a hundred million. Uh, oh no, I'm striking out here. But I'm gonna say seventy five. B, $150 million in merchandise alone was made by South Park in the first year. Damn. <laughs> I remember watching that whole first season. Yeah, I remember how big it was. Yeah, it Everybody is was still huge. It. That's why they might do less episodes a season, but they'll never cancel it because there would not be a Comedy Central without South Park. Yeah. They literally were about to go bankrupt. Because it hadn't been on the air for very long, and yeah. they didn't really have a lot of shows that panned out. And yeah, they, they, the... yeah, they were about to be over with. They were literally like, this was their last shot. Yeah. Um, so, okay, Trey Parker and Matt Stone created a Broadway show called The Book of Mormon. Yeah. Uh, how much does this show make a month? A, $19 million, B, $1 million, C, $4 million, or D, 600000 Uh, let's say four million. The Book of Mormon makes nineteen million dollars a month Damn. on Broadway. I that's just insane. I would not think it <laughs> makes that much. Yes, it's one of the most successful plays you can see on Broadway. It's even better than Cats. I'd say so. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I don't <laughs> that think was Cat, kind of a joke. I don't think Cats makes uh, nineteen million a month. Right. Uh, Okay, so here's the last trivia question. It's kind of a fun one. Um, I haven't got any of these right so no, far. No, you have struck out I've all these. I've fucked this entire but they're, thing But up. they're so, they're so like, kind of like, what? Uh, that, that it's understandable. I would, not have under, I would not have picked really any of these right, I don't think. Okay, so who is worth more? This is just a whole who has more money type question. Um, a, Trey Parker... B, Seth MacFarlane, C, Matt Stone, or D, Tim Burton? I would I, I would say Trey, I guess. It is Trey. Yeah. Uh, Trey Parker is worth $500 million. Damn. Seth MacFarlane, $200 million. Matt Stone, $300 million. Tim Burton, $140 million. Wow, really? Tim Burton, man. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> Matt Growing is worth the same as Trey Parker. He created uh -huh. The Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. He created The Simpsons, and he's worth what Trey Parker's worth. Yeah. Think about that. Well, not only The Simpsons, but he also created Futurama. Yeah. So think about that. He's worth what he's Trey Parker's worth. two successful shows. Well, Futurama, you could debate maybe. Right. But it kind of got canceled before it really had footing, and then they, you know, Comedy Central kind of like brought it back and gave it some new seasons and stuff. I've always been I'm maybe more of a fan of Futurama than I, I was of, of The Simpsons, but the fact that, you know, Matt Groening has two shows like that, he's doing a new show for Netflix that's exclusive, and he still only matches what Trey Parker's worth, who's only done, what, like three movies, Book of Mormon, and South Park, and that's it. Yes. South Park is a fucking juggernaut. Yeah, South like, Park makes a lot of money. So. Well, now they got those video games, too. Yeah, that's a big like part of it Stick also. of Truth and Fractured Butthole, yeah. Yeah, so um, I was thinking what would happen if they ever said, you know, 
we want to make a live action Team America World Police movie. <laughs> oh, jeez. With people. Oh, man. Who would play these people today? Okay. So, so first, well... I have, an, I have like maybe like one idea already. Okay, go with it. So, I would think Lisa, the blonde-headed girl, that would be like probably Emma Stone. Emma Stone's a good choice. I put Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston? That would probably work, too. That was just my I guess my it just depends thought. on like if you're going for like a younger cast or like an experienced cast. I was just, when I was watching the movie, I was kind of like, I think Jennifer Aniston could do that. Oh, that's how I was kind of doing it. Yeah. Uh, so Jennifer Aniston or Emma Stone as Lisa, uh, like both those choices, they'd be funny either way. Yeah. Okay, so Chris, which is like the dickhead dude. He's the dickheaded guy with the, uh, the, uh, the polarized glasses on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, where he was raped by the cast of Cats or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, that was... I, also, like, when you first, like, see him when he, when Gary Furtz gets to the Team America base, and he was like, oh, God, we got a fucking actor now? And, like, he yeah. hits that pool shot and it just doesn't really do it anything. It doesn't do anything because it's puppets. They're fucking like, puppets. Hey, they have no just arm stay strength. the fuck out of my way. Actor, yeah. Actor. Yeah. <laughs> So, Chris... Oh, God, I'm trying to think. Who could be... I thought Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, that would actually I be I thought Mark Wahlberg could play Chris. My initial thought would maybe be Bradley Cooper. That's that's good, too. That that's good, good too. too. Okay, so then you have Sarah. The black-headed chick. The black-headed chick. The brunette or whatever. Which uh, I immediately thought Aubrey Plaza. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> that's probably better, because I was thinking, like... I don't know. I was thinking like Lucy Liu, even though I know she's not really supposed to be Asian, I guess. But I was thinking Lucy Liu. Off the I top thought of that head. original first too, and I was like, wait, no, Sarah's not Asian. But I did actually think Lucy Liu at first. Yeah, like I think she'd be able to do that. Yeah, uh, but Aubrey, but Aubrey Plaza. Plaza would be amazing. That would be awesome. Yeah. So um, Kim Jong in the movie, I thought uh, Kim Jong. Ken Jong. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The doctor. <laughs> Good for Yeah, doctor. Doctor Ken Jong. Yeah. I was like, I was thinking about it. I was like, that'd be fucking hilarious. Yeah, Kim Jong Il is played by Ken Jong. Oh, yeah. It'd be like, God, that would be awesome. <laughs> you fucking like, idiot. You fucking idiot. <laughs> Fuck you, Hans Blix. <laughs> that would be awesome. That'd be the greatest. Him, especially like him feeding uh, Hans Blix to his sharks or whatever. Which, I don't know what kind of fish they were, but they were supposed to be sharks. They were, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were just some kind of weird fish. Uh, Spotswood, uh, I thought Colin Firth. Colin Firth, that would actually be interesting. That's what I thought whenever I, I was uh, thinking about it, so I was like, that would be a good one. Uh, oh shit, I'm trying to think, like, somebody... Somebody who could be, like, kind of that... That kind of older, sort of like running an organization type of guy. Like, shit, I don't know if I can come up with one better than that. I mean, maybe back in the day I would have said like like Leslie Nielsen, but uh, you know, because I think he probably would have been perfect for something like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I probably don't have anything better. Or than like that. Steve Martin, I guess. Steve probably Martin could probably could do that yeah, because <laughs> he, he would be that kind of, or uh, or Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Bill Murray would probably be really good. Any at that. any type of goofy leader can be Bill Murray. Yeah, I, Bill um, could probably do that. So, 
let's see. What else do we have? Joe. The All-American quarterback guy? The All-American quarterback guy I thought could be Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. that would be really good. All right, with the blonde My, hair and stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah, he could probably do that. I or, thought that would uh, be really funny. Or my thought is, like, if you really wanted to make that maybe, like, super funny, you could have, like, J.J. Watt do it. Can he act? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's not a quarter. He doesn't look like a quarterback either. But the, the movie's ridiculous, so realism doesn't fucking matter. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, and then I thought all the terrorists could all be Jason Manzoukas. Jason Manzoukas. And you're brown enough, man. No, you're brown enough, Zook. I just be. thought it'd be really funny if all the terrorists was Jason Manzoukas. They just, they basically, he just has Especially to play Especially when everyone. he's like, Durkistan, just yeah. to watch his facial expressions while yeah. he's doing this stuff. It'd, it'd probably be the funniest part of the movie. And then the the other one that they could get would be like Hassan Minhaj from uh, Daily Show. They could probably get him to be like every, sure. all the other terrorists. <laughs> like, those two guys could be all the terrorists. All the terrorists. That would be hilarious. And then Gary Johnson. I don't think there can be anyone better to play Gary Johnson except, except Zac Efron. Yeah. I, I don't I, think there's anybody that could can even look any closer. Uh, Just give him like that kind of like that <laughs> parted like bowl cut type style and Efron could be that dude totally, yeah. Because I thought... Uh, one of my thoughts also was like, maybe Dave Franco, but then I was like, yeah. I don't think he can do the ridiculousness like Zach could. So yeah. just get like Zach and like whenever he's doing the songs and stuff, we all know that Zach can sing. Yeah. Um, so he he would be able to nail all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. That would be pretty awesome. It would be awesome. Okay, so one thing, just to kind of clear the air a little bit, people fucking hate this movie <laughs> with like, some of them with every fiber of their being. I did not have to leave the one stars at all. Everything that I got from this was all one star reviews. Ain't no, I have to, oh, I gotta look for the two star, three star reviews, four star re No, every single bit of this came from one star. So you're telling me you did no work. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> No, I just copy-pasted. Copy-paste. I mean, I, I do copy-paste, but I do have to arrange this so this shit's coherent. Because sometimes, like, when I'm reading, like, one... I'll have, like, one person's review up, and then they'll have, like... You know, they make, like, five or six different points. And so I'm like, okay, well, I can maybe take a chunk of this and add this into something else. So I have to kind of, you know, cut and put things in different spots, but... But, I um, mean, this, this movie had, like, a bunch of t-shirt ideas they didn't even go with. Like, just, just to name one, like, you can't blame yourself for what gorillas did. Right, yeah. <laughs> that would, <laughs> you can't blame yourself for what gorillas did. Because if you wore a shirt like that, only people who knew Team America would even know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody else would probably think you're racist or something. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they, there's a bunch of great quotes in this movie. Like, hey, terrorist. Terrorize this. this, yeah. And she just like she just like, she's like she a just blows him through the shot. Yeah, and he like he like flies through the bakery and hits like a bunch of croissants and baguettes. And he's like, I will say one thing though, like 
the, the, the puppet physics on this is pretty ridiculous. I even texted Steve that. I was like, man, because it's been a while since I've seen this movie. So I'm watching it on, uh, on Google Play. And, like, as soon as, uh, as soon as, um... Google owes his money. Uh, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, as soon as, um, the one terrorist dude and, uh, what is it, Chris, who's, like, the martial arts expert, like, they fucking fight. It's them just taking the puppets and they're just kind of, like, clicking against each <laughs> I other. Mean, what else were they going to do? It's a movie about puppets where they don't hide the strings. Yeah. Um, they, they really don't do anything, like, to it's hide any of the stuff. It's super low budget. This is, like, this is, like, a really fucked up Thunderbirds go episode. You yeah, know? And, and then they like actually fucked with the people that hired them to do it because they did this like really shitty looking um, uh, thing on purpose and put like the shitty drawings in the background and had these puppets that were like shit in front of it and they were showing them that and they were like oh my god, this they fucked gonna, us! <laughs> yeah, this they is gonna thought, be really crap. But it was it was just a joke. Like they were just they were just fucking with them. Is that like how the joke is supposed to be at the beginning of the movie when you have the French guy? Yeah, that's has, that's like, why the, I was added in. Where you the see the little, little shitty puppet with like, little the shitty puppy with a, yeah 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 yeah. And that's how like, they kind of like, made it. And then he like makes it move, and then like it pans out, and you actually get to see yeah, the yeah. rest of Paris. He's that's, just doing yeah. That's kind of the teaser to how they fucked with the the. Oh, that makes more sense now. That's why okay. they started with that. That's pretty cool. But uh, since we're talking about the beginning, right? Because everything starts at the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, so this, <laughs> so the, to start off, it says, The first 15 minutes of this film were actually very funny. But after about an hour, I realized that this film is actually a subtle piece of propaganda for the very thing it ostensibly satirizes, that is, American fascism. Oh, In a yeah. world where nothing at all has any value or any meaning beyond its most obvious use as a source of puerile humor, then absolutely everything is available to be mocked and disrespected. And it is. The puppets are awkward and funny. It's fast-paced, quirky, colorful. Uh, it's fast-paced, quirky, colorful, and you hear the Team America theme, uh, the movie's biggest laugh for the first time. But then it wears thin quickly. Uh, there are many things Parker and Stone could have done to make this movie better. For one, hiring actual voice actors and differentiating this much more from South Park. Think of this, uh, think of their TV show, That's My Bush. The show that wasn't uh, so great, but imagine if all the actors had been voiced by Parker and Stone instead. It was a sitcom set up with real actors and new voices that made it better than it might have been otherwise. The voice characterizations are grating and one-dimensional. Well, that's the point. Um... Like, they've always done South Park like that. Like, half the voices are done by Matt Stone and Trey Parker. Yeah, they don't so, do anything but that. It's, uh... It's kind of one of their trademarks. They do the majority of their own voices for the... Unless they just totally can't do the voice. Like, yeah. doing a chick voice for the whole movie. They'll cast a voice actress. But nor normally you don't see them cast, like, celebrities in their movies. Yeah. Because are there... I mean, they'll, they'll have the guest you know, appearance on South Park every now and then, but not as much as, like, Family Guy or something, where they're like, yeah, we got James Woods and, you know, Kat Dennings and, you know, Keanu Reeves and all these people. And Mila like, Kunis and <laughs> Seth well, Green. Well, nah, I mean, Mila Kunis isn't a guest voice, though. She's no, 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 I mean, the like, show. they just, they just put more, they put more money into, like, hiring, like, regular, like, yeah. normal actors. This, this show was created for... Uh, I mean, 
it was Matt Stone and Trey Parker. It's kind of like robot chicken. I mean, Seth MacFarlane and Seth Green are more friends than like Trey Parker and Seth Green, but Seth Green's more like Trey Parker and Matt Stone than he is Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. Seth MacFarlane would get a bunch of shit like, oh, Tom Brady's going to be on this episode. And it's like, oh, well, if you're a Patriots fan, you're going to watch that episode to see Tom Brady be a dick. Right. Um, but, you know, That's South Park's never life. had that. They've never sold an episode of something because they're like, hey, we have, uh, you know, who's a huge star? Gary Sinise. Yeah. Uh, he, he's gonna like I'm kind of laughing at Gary Sinise not because I don't think he's like a big actor but that shit was super random it'd be like yeah guess what we're gonna have fucking Gary Sinise on this episode people were like okay that's cool that's cool I mean it's not like you're gonna get like 10 million viewers for this episode so it's I like mean, you're right we don't need it cause we get 10 million viewers anyway anyway without Gary Sinise and nothing but just our Yeah, voices. who can say that? That they get 10 million viewers without Gary Sinise. Right. <laughs> Only South Park. Right, yeah, exactly. It'll, because some people will be like, oh, we're going to get Neil Patrick Harris to come on and do a voice. And they're like, fuck that. We'll just do a fake Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, we're just going to make money. fun of Neil Patrick Harris. And still make money. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason like South Park's like, hey, Family Guy, you guys want to do a crossover? They're like, no, we'll just make fun of Family Guy. Right. Fuck those guys. Yeah, Simpsons did it. Uh, <laughs> but I just, because like, when I'm watching this... they're supposed this, to be similar. I mean, The Simpsons is better than Family Guy. I mean, as far as, like, writing goes, yeah. I mean, now, as far as, like, where they take the comedy to, like, South Park pushes it more than Simpsons does. No, I said Simpsons and Family Guy. I didn't, I didn't put South Park in that. Because yeah. South Park is a different show. Yeah, it's a totally different... South Park is for adults. Family Guy's for teenagers. Yeah, I could see that. Simpsons is for everyone. Simpsons, like, even older people love Simpsons. Like, when I was a kid, I loved The Simpsons. Yeah. You know, I had a Bart Simpson lunchbox for, like, a year. Like, one year at school, I had a Bart lunchbox, you know? Like, I I played the video games and stuff. The Simpsons arcade game was pretty badass, you know? It was. Yeah, it was like for like a beat em up game, you know? Bart and Mortal Kombat. Right, yeah. Couldn't lose. You know, like when he he like punches Sub Zero mm-hmm. and then like his head comes off and then he falls into the pit and stuff. I mean, you guys know about that, right? Yeah, you, you guys know the, the character. What is it? Up, down, side? Well, you have to be yeah. in. Uh, you have to lose one round to Goro, mm-hmm. then defeat Goro with. Uh, what is it? You have to be a flawless victory twice after losing once. Right. And then. Uh, you have to do it with Scorpion, and right. then if you do everything correctly, then Bart shows up after Shao Kahn, mm-hmm. and you have to fight Bart Simpson. And then you unlock him. Yeah. And then he's the most unstoppable character. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, if you thought, like, Shang Tsung was overpowered, Mm-mm. fucking Bart Simpson's overpowered. Bart Simpson. <laughs> totally. He rips your anus out of your butthole and shoves it in your mouth yeah. for his fatality. Yeah. <laughs> And then he says, eat my shorts. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best. It's yeah. the best. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, get, get on that, nerds. Start figuring out how to unlock that. But, uh... <laughs> but, uh Waste your life. <laughs> right, yeah, for the rest of your life. Uh, but, you know, they, I think because they do have actual voice actors in this, but, like, some of, like, just the regular characters, they just do on their own. They're like, we really can't do a convincing Spotswood. 
Matt so, Damon. So we'll actually hire like a dude to be Spotswood, and then we'll hire, you know, women to do, you know, Lisa and Sarah, the the two, the you know, the two female crew members and stuff. But that's like pretty much almost all of the other dudes. Even Kim Jong Il is done by uh, uh, Trey Parker, right? The guy that they hired yeah. to do Alec Baldwin uh, was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he does a very like even the Baldwin puppet looks pretty convincing. Yeah, Alec. The the crazy thing about it is, though, Alec Baldwin would have done that. Yeah, but they don't want Alec Baldwin to do that. They want to make fun of Alec, just like George Clooney and Matt Damon probably would have done it. But they don't want to ask those guys. They want them to watch it and see what happens. Right. Yeah. You know they they don't want to ask. I mean, all these celebrities get slaughtered in this movie. Oh yeah. Yeah, and we'll get to that too because they we'll, all die. We'll talk about the puppet massacre later. It comes up. <laughs> the puppet massacre. The puppet massacre. But uh, and so when we get to that point, I do have the list of all the fag members. Yeah, <laughs> fag members. <laughs> By the way, if we do mention the word fag in this episode, it's not a homosexual slur. We're talking about fag, the film actors guild. Film actors guild. I mean, yeah. that's a real thing. Yeah. Google it on, you know, Trey Parker's website. Yeah, but uh, so since we're talking about the puppets, I have like kind of a, I guess maybe like an add-on or like a side comment about that, mm -hmm. but it says the puppetry is the film's only asset, even though it is the only is the film's only joke, but it's a weak joke at that. What little amusement there is to be had is by watching puppets shooting machine guns and spouting obscene dialogue is long gone by the time Parker and Stone get to the supposedly humorous scenes of puppets simulating sex acts, spurting blood, being dismembered or left lying in pools of vomit. <laughs> Some people might argue that the use of puppets is a political statement, a stroke of genius designed to show how others are used and manipulated, though the only ones being used and manipulated here are the people who would defend this vacuous trash. <laughs> but, okay, like, because the thing about this movie is, like, when you first see it, like, what I think of is, like, stuff like the Thunderbirds like episodes where they were done entirely with puppets because mm -hmm. that's basically what this is this is kind of like Trey Parker and Matt Stone's like weird sort of love yeah, I mean, stuff that, like the Thunderbirds yeah that's what they based this off from I mean really except you know in Thunderbirds there was no lines like this is a nice limo yeah yeah it is now suck my cock yeah <laughs> You're gonna you're gonna put you're gonna put your finger inside me, and then you're gonna want me to suck you up. And he was like, "Damn it, Gary, I'm not here." And what did he say? He's like, "I'm I'm not here to, uh, you know." He's like, "I'm not here to put a finger in your ass, and I'm definitely not trying to fuck your mouth." <laughs> I'm not trying to fuck your mouth. Yeah. And then he gets in there, and then he's like, "This is a nice limo." Yeah. Yeah, it is. Now suck my cock. <laughs> He was like, I'm just fucking with you. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> uh, also, did you uh, did you realize what vehicle that, that limo was made out of? Is it a Lamborghini? It's a Lamborghini yeah. uh, Countach, actually. Yeah. Countach. Yeah. Uh, I thought, because as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, the limo is a fucking stretched Lamborghini Countach. That's pretty badass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or would it be a Diablo? It might no, be I don't think that's a Diablo. It, it, it looks like a Kuntak to me, but kind of. it, it is stretched. I don't know. Yeah. If you guys know that and you want to correct us, don't. Because, uh. <laughs> like, the back of it definitely looks like the, the vents on the back of a Kuntak. But anyway. Um. But the puppets thing, that is that is what makes this 
I think even funny, like the movie would be funny maybe if it was just like an, like, a, like a cartoon maybe. Like if they did this as like an actual cartoon. Like say they did this in the style of South Park where it's like looks like construction paper, which is like basically the, always the look for South Park. It looks like it made out of construction paper because originally it was. If they'd done that for this, it still would have been a funny movie. The puppets at a whole different level of ridiculousness. Right. Because like even their faces are like fully detailed, like their mouth moves, their eyes can move. But they're fucking marionettes. Like, they're literally holding these things with just strings and making them move, like, above the stage. And it's so ridiculous, especially, like, when you see, like, Tara's getting blown away and they get shot and they get, like, pulled up against, like, the fountain and there's, like, fucking blood everywhere. And... Yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what Trey Parker and Matt Stone do. They do ridiculousness. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and they, and Team America blew up more shit than they saved most of the time. Yeah. Like, literally, when they come to France at the first of the movie, the bomb the terrorist had wouldn't have done that much damage. Yeah. Oh, like, we get into that into the, into the next comment. But that's that's funny. It's the funny... That's what's funny about it. Like, because a the lot French of times... people are, like, horrified. Like, they destroyed the Louvre. They destroyed yeah. the Eiffel Tower <laughs> and the Archway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of times, uh, America thinks they're helping some situations and they totally fuck it up. Yeah. A lot of times, so this is what they're making fun of. I mean, yeah. it's just part of the comedy. If you watch a Trey Parker and Matt Stone movie and you take it too serious, you you're watching movies. You're wrong. just like Michael Bay. You missed the point. <laughs> that, that's going to be played at some point. Yeah. So um, that's gonna. Everyone has AIDS. our story and everyone is dead from AIDS you took from me my best friend I mean my only true I pal. think this is one of the most serious songs in the, <laughs> yeah. the movie <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's you know talking about marching out Washington and all that kind of stuff and you know uh, <laughs> losing important people to AIDS which is a serious topic but in the world of Maston and Trey Parker not, nothing is sacred they no. They don't really give a shit about anything. Like, like they don't give a shit about your feelings. I'll put it that way. Right, because uh, Matt Stone is technically Jewish, but yeah. he 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 self-identifies as an atheist, and Trey Parker is technically a Mormon, but he's basically also an atheist. Right. Um. So. It, it's one of those things where, like, they, they don't give a fuck about offending people. They actually want you to be offended. Like, if you're like, hey, fuck you guys. You guys piss me off. They're like, cool. You're paying attention to we'll, us. We'll do, like, four more episodes that piss you the fuck off. Because we don't care. Yep. Because um, for the people that are, like, butthurt and don't like their comedy, there's millions more people that do. You know, and it's like, because South Park wouldn't have existed for as long as it did and be as offensive as it is without them continuously trying to put, put push buttons. Yeah. And be like, yeah, we're going to talk about shit that's going to make you uncomfortable. It's like, what was the guy that put the show over the Muhammad thing? Uh, the dude that played the chef's voice or whatever? Uh, yeah, um, Isaac Hayes. Yeah, Isaac Hayes. And they were just kind of like, 
we don't just make fun of Muslims. We make fun of everyone. So was it Muslims or was it Scientology? Because isn't he like a Scientologist, or he was? Oh, I might have misspoke then. I don't know. I wanted to say that he because they were making fun of Scientology, and he was like, "Yeah, you, you guys are drawing the line." I think it was. Now you might be right. It might be Muslims. I don't remember. Uh, because I know they made fun of the Prophet Muhammad. Yeah. And I thought that's why, but maybe it is Scientology, I think it which probably makes more sense. Because um, Scientologists don't have a sense of humor. So, <laughs> yeah. I think maybe you're right. And if that's the case, then you probably should have never worked for Trey Parker and Matt Stone in the first place. Because yeah, How are you going to be that many seasons in and see all the fucked up stuff they do? Then they do something about Scientology or say it was Muslims and you want to be like, oh, well, that's just too far. <laughs> They're like, it's really? Like, Dude, I mean, you've been working on this show for years. You don't know how we are? Like, we don't give a shit if we offend people. Yeah, that's just how they that's are. That's actually what we do. It'd be yeah. like working for Howard Stern for like five years, then he says something like, dude. That's really that was, sexist, man. That was sexist, and Howard Stern would be like, are you serious? Are you fucking serious? You're fired. What do you think, Get what the do you fuck think, out my show. What do you think Robin worked with him for like, you know, over 20 years or like 30 years or however long she's been working? She's been his producer since he like first started, I think, on like NBC Radio. Yeah. And like way fucking back in the day before he ever got onto like Sirius and before he ever had... His, like, show on E, where it's basically just a live version of his show, like, you know, in the studio and everything, and, like, but that's the thing, like, Robin understands that, like, they, she understands his sense of humor. He's and, a shock job. And a lot of times when he does shocking, crazy shit, she, it just bounces right off her because she's like, I know how Howard is, I know he's doing it for a joke, I don't take it seriously, you know, and That's so, how the whole world should be. Yeah. You know. You can't pick and choose what offends you and what doesn't if you laugh at one thing that's offensive or should be offensive, but it's a joke. Yeah. It's like Anthony Jeselnik says. If you get offended by jokes, then you're a fucking idiot. Right? Yeah, because they're just jokes. They're just meant to make you laugh. They're not meant to be serious. You know, because he, he jokes about stuff that a lot of people won't feel easy about. Like, what do you have? Like, ten rape jokes on one CD and then, like, age jokes on the same CD. I mean, none of those subjects are funny just to be talking about like it's funny. No. But in a joke form, that's a joke. I mean, jokes are jokes and seriousness is seriousness. You just gotta learn how to balance it. If you're not ready for that, then don't listen to these people. Right. You know, it's pretty easy to stay away from that stuff. Like, I'm, you know, I'm fortunate enough to never listen to Justin Bieber. I don't have to. It's not a requirement. Right, yeah. Exactly. You know, right? Like, I, I don't mean, listen to Drake. I don't like Drake. You know, I mean... But does that mean that I talk shit about Drake? No. I just don't even pay attention to Drake. Yeah, I don't pay attention to what he does. I you don't know? listen to his music. I listen I listen to other people. Now, I'll listen to Nicki Minaj. So if Nicki's doing something, even if it's a song that Nicki did with Drake, I'm like, I might listen to it for Nicki, but I don't care about Drake's part. It's like Rihanna does that a lot, you know what I'm like. And Drake like probably is a good Drake. guy and cool, but we still don't have to like him. Or it's just yeah. we don't hate him either, though. See, that's the thing. That's the thing that separates us from a lot of people that just bitch about stuff on the internet. Is just because we don't like you doesn't mean we don't we, we hate you. Yeah, exactly. We just don't we don't deal with you like we Justin don't. Bieber. We're not Justin Bieber fans, so I'm not gonna buy a Justin Bieber CD and then bitch about Justin Bieber. Right. I don't like him, so I'm not going to. Do we, I'm not going to listen or watch him. Yeah, exactly. So, I have nothing to do with him. I'm out of his world. I'm not going to hurt him or help him in any way. 
It's just not even a part of my world. Right, yeah, but we're not going to be on the show here bitching about like, oh, did you hear the new Beaver Studio? That shit was trash. It was awful. Yeah, because we're already not going to like it. Yeah. Because that's not our type of we, music. Because we like, know that we're going to be biased against it, probably. Yeah, and if you, you're just, that type of person that's like, well, I'm going to listen to this and then bash it on the internet, then what? How, where do you have that time, anyway? Yeah. And why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just constantly do stuff you enjoy? It, yeah. would, it would be like, uh, oh, you see that new uh, uh, Mandy Moore movie that just came out? It's like, no. Are you going to watch pay it? Pay attention to her. No. Yeah. I'm not going to watch it. I mean, it's I'm like, not going to have any comment on it or any, like, opinion, but I'm not going to watch yeah. it. Like, we make yeah. fun of Channing Tatum all the time, but it's like, we're not, like, Channing Tatum fans. We just like to make fun of him. Do we hate Channing Tatum? No. No, I have seen him in, I have seen Channing Tatum in movies before because he's been in some movies that I've watched. Yeah. And his roles, you know, usually not that significant are noticeable in those movies but of course i haven't watched magic mike because you know i don't want to watch men stripping it's just <laughs> yeah. not something i want to watch if we're going to watch that we will just watch the chip and Dust sketch from snl that is the best strip club i mean chris farley is a sexy beast yeah you know patrick swayze and eh. but you know yeah. chris farley <laughs> but chris farley was putting fucking moves on man i mean making shit happen we're just we're joking about that i mean obviously patrick obviously you can look at swayze's body <laughs> Like, that whole sketch is ridiculous. But it's, like, really funny because Chris Farley is He's actually so legit dancing, like, toe-to-toe yeah. -to -toe with Patrick Swayze. Yeah, he just doesn't then, have the body. <laughs> the, skit, the skit works because Chris Farley actually has moves. Yeah, he actually he committed fully yeah, to making that Yeah, he was, play. like, pretty awesome. Like, I could actually see before that skit happened, like, him and Patrick Swayze, like, in the back, like, Chris Farley practicing with, like, Patrick showing him, like, some dance moves and stuff, and then just going all out. And this is some sketch. shit I learned in Dirty Dancing. I'm going to show you something. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Patrick Swayze, also one of those guys that learned ballet uh, yeah. when he was younger, too. So th this shit's real. Should more guys learn ballet? I. It's not for us. But if you can parlay that into something like Van Damme did and, and become like a pretty badass martial artist... Maybe more dudes should. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Who knows? Shit. There's so, there's so many people that you're like, oh yeah, he also knows ballet. And you're like, dude's awesome. I can't even say anything about that. It's like Hugh Jackman, the dude can fucking do like musicals. Yeah, and you're it's like, like, how does a I'm, dude that badass know how to do musicals? It's like I'm quitting Wolverine, like one of the most badass superheroes ever. I'm gonna go do my Broadway musical and fucking nail it. Right. And it's like, what what musical are you doing? And it's like, it doesn't matter. He's going to crush it. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. It's just fucking ridiculous. Some people are just that talented, man. But uh, but anyway, so getting this back to now the America. Hugh Jackman podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the Hugh Jack Fest. <laughs> the Hugh Jack Fest. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> Welcome back to the Hugh Jack Fest. <laughs> That would be awesome. What is the Jack man doing now? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh man. Uh, so anyway, back to Team America. I bet you people would listen to that. Just people talking about Hugh Jackman. Yeah, the people. Yeah, women probably would definitely listen and be like, "Oh yeah, talk more about Jack. Talk about how he trained, how he got that body." Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. On his last training, he got even more abs. Yeah, it's like, oh, you women want to act like you guys don't judge a man's body. You do. He got more abs than Brad Pitt had in Fight Club. Right. 
Which is already ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but anyway. It's like the most ridiculous shape I've ever seen an actor in. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but it, so, uh, next comment, it says, uh, or the next section, I guess. Uh, Team America are good guys with excessive force. It vaguely mocks patriotism and the and the right, like is in the right wing, uh, by suggesting that the more Americans, more more America tries to play world police, the more damage it does. This was conceived by uh, as a send up of the type of films that producers like Jerry Bruckheimer routinely churn out, obnoxious, testosterone driven, special effects laden blockbusters that have little to offer but loud explosions and empty heroics like Con Air, The Rock. Armageddon and, and Independence Day. Uh, such films are already self-parodies and were already very well parodied by Zucker. Abraham, or Abrahams and Zucker in their two Hot Shots movies. Team America is obviously modeled in the airplane slash Hot Shots style and as you watch Team America you realize how the jokes might have been have, might have actually been funny if they had been presented with airplane sense of giddy goofiness rather than with Parker and Stone's sense of snide contempt. The only thing for Parker and Stone, or that they really bring to the mix, is that Team America is told using marionettes, a rather silly and pointless gesture, but a revealing one. It is their trademark, I suppose, to take something generally considered to be innocent and childlike, cartoons and puppets, and dirtying it up. I understand this is supposed to be a send-up of the above-mentioned genre films, but by the end it seems to resort to the same tactics they do uh, to move the story along. Uh, it does... It also seems really partisan, as in right-wing, although it's neutral since the only left-wing who gets made fun of, since only the left-wing that gets made fun of. I know you could argue the whole film is a mockery of the pro-war slash America sentiment, but it never specifically targets them. The terrorists, a crude mixture of Russians, Arabs, and North Koreans, are unquestionably bad. Well, they're bad for a reason, because... One thing about this movie is all the terrorists and uh, Kim Jong-il uh, all talk in this gibberish. Turkistan. Durka Durka? Durka? Muhammad Ali? Yeah. Uh, they even say stuff like that. Muhammad Jihad? <laughs> but the villagers all speak uh, actual languages. They only make fun of the terrorists. When yeah. the villagers are talking, they're actually speaking their actual language. Yeah. But when Kim Jong-il and all the bad guys are talking, they're talking some bullshit gibberish. They did, a lot. they did that on purpose. Yeah. Because they wanted the terrorists to all look like dumbasses. Right. Which is about the most American thing you can do. Yeah. Because tomorrow's the 4th of July, baby. Yeah. Freedom isn't free. <laughs> it costs folks like you and me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll probably play that song at some point if Freedom you have it. Freedom isn't fucking free. Did you, Cost did you a buck oh five. I got it. Yeah, okay. I got it. We'll have to play the country song at some point. It, but, uh, it's going to be a, a really good song. Um, because if you haven't watched this movie, then you're probably a terrorist. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, you know, I think as far as, like, you know, them saying that, like, well, this is supposed to be making fun of, like, Con Air and The Rock and... Also, if you talk shit about Conair, Steve will like literally punch you. I will rip your throat Steve out. Steve fucking Road loves Conair. Yeah, uh, but like Armageddon and Independence Day, which uh, we were at one point talking about maybe doing Independence Day for this because Independence Day is tomorrow. Um, but uh, as far as you know, like the Michael Bay, Jerry Bruckheimer, 
you know, type stuff. You know, like even things like Top Gun, which are kind of like one of those like traditional like testosterone like guy movies. Like, yeah, fucking fighter pilots, Kicking awesome. tires and lighting fires. Yeah, you know, like that kind of stuff. Uh, I think that, you know, like them saying that uh, if uh, the jokes may have been actually uh, funny if they had been presented with airplane sense of giddy goofiness rather than what they say Parker and Stone's sense of snide contempt that's what how their humor is like if you watch this and you think like oh this is going to be like Naked Gun you know like a Naked Gun movie or like Hot Shots or you know something like that that's like what was the better Hot Shots? Hot Shots or Hot Shots Part 2? Uh, it's been a long time I want to say Part 2 uh, I think so it's been a long time. I'm just going just purely so they're, off memory. It's a, they're both really awesome. Charlie Sheen was the bomb. He was also the shit of Major League, too. He made had, Major League. Which also had Wesley Snipes in it. So that was the first best. one, not the second one. The second yeah. one had uh, Omar Epps. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Well, I'm not going to remember that one. I remember the first one. <laughs> the second one was pretty good, too, because yeah. it still had most of the people. And then, you know, we're not talking about that right now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Charlie Sheen cast. We could probably do a whole month on Charlie Sheen because he's done so much great shit. Yeah, and people hate him so much. But yeah. you know, I think that if you if you look at this and you're like, oh well, you know, they should have just they should have made this goofy and giddy like a Naked Gun movie or like Hot Shots or something like that. It's like I don't think you guys understand what this is supposed to be. Like, there's no way that you could have gotten. Like, I don't think you would have been able to get, like, Charlie Sheen and, like, Emilio Estevez and, like, those kind of guys to do something like this because it is super crude. It is super offensive. It's just like when we covered uh, Tropic Thunder for your birthday, right? Like, people I were like... I love that pussy hair. Yeah, I love that pussy hair. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, people were like, oh, this is just crude and it's offensive. And I'm like, yeah, that's the whole point of it. Because a lot of times when they make these movies... You know, like, this one is basically kind of like, it's like Matt Stone and Trey Parker coming up with something that's like a crazy kind of, you know, out there, like, action movie, but it's also got, like, a bunch of political stuff in it. But it's like, that's a, it's a meant to be ridiculous because you have, like, people, like, getting shot up like crazy. Like, at one point, like, when the fucking terrorists, like, bomb the Panama Canal and it fucking floods and you see, like, the puppets fucking flying everywhere and the water kills them and you just see all these, like, bodies and everything. You're like, man, that's really fucked up. But it's like, but it's puppets, so it takes some of the sting out of it. If you were seeing, like, regular people doing that, you'd be like, oh, fuck, man, okay, now I just feel depressed. But because it's puppets, it takes some of the sting out of seeing them go through crazy shit, you know? But this is definitely something that's supposed to go up against stuff like Con Air and The Rock and Armageddon and, like, those kind of movies. Because that's what they're making fun of. They're making fun of those kinds of movies, you know? Right. You know, I just think that... Like, Freedom isn't free. Right, yeah. Cost a hefty fucking fee. Bucko fan. Bucko fan. <laughs> but this whole idea that they like to take something that's childlike, like cartoons and puppets, and dirty it up and make it mature, it's like we we've been ha we've had like mature stuff like anime for a fucking long time. Like, have you ever watched like the like the like the heavy metal movies? They're, they're like anime movies, but there's a lot of adult shit in that. There's nudity in it. There's fucking death, all kinds of violence. Like, you know, th the idea that something like cartoons can't be used 
to do something, you know, crazy like South Park, for example. It's like, no, if anything, you know, Family Guy took a lot of the inspiration from South Park and was like, well, we can do something kind of like that. We just have a different sense of humor. Well, you know, what, what their strategy was, the Family Guy was like, they wanted to be a mix of South Park and The Simpsons. Yeah. And at one point, they succeeded, but they're, they're not that anymore. They're not really that offensive anymore. South Park still is very offensive. Yeah, but that's that's because Trey be Parker shocking. and Matt Stone doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, well, they don't really care about being mainstream necessarily, which they you are. Know? I mean, regardless. they are mainstream, like weirdly, because you would think with they the, still get over three million views an episode. Yeah, because you would think with as crude and as crazy as their stuff normally is written, that they eventually the people would just be so offended they would just turn off. But I think that does kind of give you. Since we are talking about America, it's probably one of the most American fucking shows you can watch, to be honest. Freedom of speech. Yeah, because it's true freedom of speech. They're like, we don't give a fuck if we offend people. You know, if if, if you get offended or whatever, then you don't... Should you be you punished for something that you say that's offensive, no matter if it's right or wrong in America? Actually, no. You shouldn't be. Yeah. I mean... You, you have consequences a lot of times to something, but you, you don't need to be punished because this is America. You can say what you want. I mean, and, it's not, and it's not just because it's positive and uplifting. You, you don't always have to say the right things that's politically correct because that's not America. That's, yeah. that's communism. That's, I mean, sometimes stuff gets said that's fucked up and you're American and that's the American way. I mean, we're the ones that weren't supposed to be oppressed and held back. That's why whenever we say that we're not apologized for anything that we say on this show, we mean it. So if you don't like it and you don't listen to us or you turn it off, then do it. Because we're probably the most American people you know. Yeah. yeah. We're not going to apologize for what we said because we said it. Why, why, why are we apologizing for it? Yeah. I mean, that's how we feel. Obviously, if we apologize, we're just some fake-ass people talking on a microphone at that point. Yeah. We we have our own beliefs and our own characteristics. You don't have to believe in them. That's great. That's why we always say we want to hear from you. We want to know your beliefs, too. Yeah. Because that's amazing. That's the greatest thing about America. Tell us what you think. We'll tell you what we think. Yeah. And we're not going to be one of those shows that if we, we, we get an email that we don't like, we, we're not going to ignore it. Actually, that's probably the one that we're going to notice the most. Right, yeah. Well, it's like, that's the thing. It's like, you know, when people, uh, you know, like, if you, if you say, like, oh, well, you know, what if you have, like, neo-Nazis talking about how they want to kill Jews and black people and Hispanics and all this kind of stuff, and it's like, they're, they're within their rights. It's uncomfortable, yes, they are neo-Nazis talking about what they talk about. You know, and to like praise Hitler and the Final Solution and all that kind of stuff. I say that's more. It's for, uncomfortable. Ref- it's uncomfortable, but what? it's refreshing because we know exactly who those people are. Right. If we oppress that, we don't know who these people are. They could be right beside you, and you won't know because we won't let them talk. But when we let them talk, we know exactly who they are, and we know who we can be around and who we can't be around, who we can trust and who we can't trust. Let yeah. everyone say what they want and let them burn their own bridges. Right. Every, anybody can be whoever they want to be. And I think this is what Team America, this this ridiculous movie, was actually trying to say. As offensive as they are, you know that's not their beliefs. Their beliefs is, is freedom of speech. Yeah. It always has been with Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Mm-hmm. They think all the other stuff is ridiculous. Every, every rule that you have, every 
you know, boundary and stuff like that. Oh, you can't say stuff like this on TV. And it's like, oh, no, no, we can. We can say it on TV. Doesn't mean we believe it, but we can say it. Yeah. And they're one of the reasons that there's shows that can cuss now. Uh, Bitch wasn't able to be said on radio or on TV until South Park changed that rule. They're going to say shit on television. Yeah, they're (laughs) going to say shit on television. South Park, first one to do that. They're the first ones that broke through and done that. Yeah. Especially, like, in that episode. It's also just because we're randomly talking about South Park, of course, during this, because it's it's almost, like, impossible to talk about these two without talking about South Park, you know. It's their greatest legacy. It would be like talking about Michael Jordan and you talk about baseball the whole time. It's like, no, dude, you're missing, like, the best part of this guy. Or one, he's a GM. But he wasn't a good GM. No. That's okay. He could be the greatest player of all time and be a shitty GM. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. I it's mean, fine. Yeah, you, you, I mean, you're, you're fucking amazing and legendary at one thing. You can't really be Joe that Joe Montana's greatest quarterback of all time. He was a shitty broadcaster because he didn't want to learn people's names. Yeah. And, you know, in his defense, most of the people he was talking about were shit. No one even remembers them. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah. But, I mean, that, that doesn't say anything bad about anyone. The people have their certain skills. They don't have to be great at everything. Yeah. But I think that... As far as you I think, know, we got an amazing point across in this episode. By the way, right? Yeah, um, that's pretty good. Uh, it wasn't planned. That's one of the things that you know, because I figured that we'll probably talk about a lot of shit in this. But the idea that, like, you know, the Russians, the the Arabs, and the North Koreans are unquestionably bad. It's like the thing is, is that they don't paint like you were talking about. Like, you know, when they have the regular people in that society, when they talk, they're just normal people. But it's the terrorists, and, you know, if it's, like, the, the Arab guys that have the WNDs in the briefcase, they talk gibberish. Yeah, they talk Durka Durkistan. Yeah. Durka Durkistan, Muhammad Ali, uh, Jihad. Yeah. You know, they talk they talk really dumb, but if you actually listen in the background to the other villagers talking to the Team America and stuff, they're talking their actual language. Like real Arabic or real Korean or whatever. Yeah. You know, but that's that's the thing is that... They're also making a statement with that because it's like a lot of times with terrorists, especially with, you know, people like ISIS that we have to deal now. Now, like this movie came out in 2004, so we're dealing primarily with Al-Qaeda. Okay. And this is, you know, we're like Taliban. basically, you know, we're, we're, yeah, the Taliban, like we're dealing like primarily with, this is like Bush era stuff mm-hmm. because this is, you know, basically like midway through Bush's term. This is like, this is the end of his first term going into re-election for a second term, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're, like, already halfway through the Bush era in America, and so there's a lot of stuff about 9-11. There's even, make like, you know, jokes in here about, like, oh, this is going to be, like, 9,000 times 9-11, you know? Yeah, and it's like, that is, and it's like, yes, 9,001. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a stupid joke, but it's funny because... They keep saying, like, they keep doing math on it. Is, yeah, and it's like, I don't even know how much that is. <laughs> you know? Like, when it gets to the end, and it's like... Yeah, it's, it's like, gonna... I don't even know how much that is. That was actually one of the uh, facts I could have wrote down, but I was like, that nah, I'm not writing that down. That's stupid. I'm not right. writing down what the math is. Yeah. It was a stupid joke through the movie, but I got what they were doing. Like, this is nine. This is 9-11 times 100. And he's like, it's 9,000. <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh, you're probably going to hear fireworks going off in the background. Because it's of, the 4th of fucking July. Well, not yet. We're still... We're about, what, they, three they hours shoot, away? They, they, shoot, they shoot it off, though. They can't wait until midnight to shoot it. Yeah. I mean, or they could, but that's 
bullshit. Yeah, don't wait till midnight to shoot your loadout. Start shooting. <laughs> Next comment. <laughs> oh, you want to know how to stop Steven's tracks? That, I just figured it out. Uh, uh, but the point that I was I was trying to make though before I jump into the next section was that the <laughs> Steve's still shaking his head. Uh, the point that I was trying to make though is that like nowadays we have to deal with stuff like ISIS and all these kind of organizations that want to kill Americans and do that kind of stuff. And it's like the idea that the terrorists in this movie, like the the you know that they're all speaking gibberish. It's like that's what they that's what they're actually doing in real life. They're speaking gibberish about how much they hate Americans, they hate the infidels, they want to kill all Americans and all this kind of stuff. And all of this is just gibberish. Because and that's what they deserve. They don't deserve any actual recognition. Yeah. Same They're, thing with serial killers when people try to justify them and give them dialogue and meaning and stuff like that. I mean, really, it should be like the life of Ted Bundy. Darka, darka, varka, fuck that guy. Yeah. Uh, it really, that should be the life story of Ted Bundy. Fuck that guy. He's dead. Awesome. Take a shot. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have to deal with Jeffrey Dahmer anymore. I would love to make a serial killer card game where it's just like a bunch of normal awesome people and whenever you pull a serial killer, take a shot. Yeah. That would be that would be like really fucking weird and intense card game. But I might make it. I might right. make it like like maybe like, if it's like good oh, people. I got John Wayne Gacy. Fuck, I gotta take a shot. I gotta take a shot. And it'll be like those people in there, but then awesome people. And then when it's awesome people, it'll have like a, a trivia question on it, and then you you get to pull it and then ask somebody, and if they can't answer it, then they have to drink. That'd be a okay. But if you pull a serial killer, you automatically have to take a shot. <laughs> that would be a really intense drinking game. I'm gonna try to invent it because <laughs> I just thought of it. I'm gonna try to invent it. See where that, we'll see where that goes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe we'll play it on the next episode, or the next one after that. Yeah, who knows? Uh, but anyway, so it says. Uh, so it says on the next on the next uh, section, the Film Actors Guild, a crudely homophobic acronym, Bad. are corruptible Americans. The real thrust of the satire is against left-wing actors who speak out against American violence. In contrast to the violence itself, the film depicts their weakness as both unpardonable and un ultimately treasonous. In contrast, the threat by the terrorist is given as is given as real in the movie. The team America uh, presented a, as justified, warts and all. Parker and Stone don't know much about politics. I, when I first read that, I was like, I, I think maybe you guys are really underestimating them. They probably know way more about politics than anybody gives them credit for. But because they make a cartoon show that has cardboard cutouts. To do crude shit, people think that they don't know anything about politics. If you watch South Park and you know what's going on inside South Park, they they have political shit they talk about all the time. Well, that <laughs> if you know Trey Parker's uh, actual intelligence level, you know that that's that's a very hard statement to some say either. and actually back up some credibility because Trey Parker is extremely intelligent. Matt Stone's pretty intelligent too, but Trey Parker's the the mastermind of the whole yeah. thing, you know. The the Matt, this can't be possible without Matt Stone. I'm not taking any credit away from him, but the genius is Trey. Yeah. 
But, uh, so anyway, going back to where it was. Uh, the actor characters aren't given any individual personality to make the barbs poked at them funny uh, at all. Um, the only joke about Michael Moore is that he's fat. Come on. There's way more to go with. No, he had a cheeseburger and a hot dog, and he was like, oh, something has to be done. Right. <laughs> the whole actor satire is a complete failure. And since it wasn't funny, it gave me time to think past the movie into what hypocrites Parker and Stone are for saying that they're, that they're, uh, for saying what they're saying about Hollywood. As much Matt as, Damon. As much as Hollywood actors can annoy me as well, face it, Parker and Stone wade into politics just as much, if not more, than any other actors. I've never even heard Ethan yeah, Hawke or actually saying that. I've, I've never even heard Ethan Hawke or Samuel L. Jackson, uh, two targets in the movie, get political. But Parker and Stone put their views into their work, and their interviewers oh, as hold well. Hold on, hold on. I have to pause you there. All you've the never heard down. Samuel L. Jackson or Sean Penn get political, so he's never heard of. No, he said Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke or Samuel L. Jackson that they never heard them get political, and I'm I'm pretty sure Ethan Hawke has said some stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's never heard any of those guys speak, ever, because they are very political. Because Samuel L. will have moments when he, he gets real with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? so, carry on. Uh, but anyway, so many newspaper articles have been written about their views, as, as, as far as the actors, they mean. Uh, as much as uh, Parker and Stone hate Hollywood, they are celebrities and are, guilty, are as guilty as the targets they hit in this movie. The attacks on celebrities like Susan Sarandon, Sean Penn, Helen Hunt, Tim Robbins, Alec Baldwin, and a host of others are not intended to be good-natured kidding, but viciously vindictive. And while some celebrities are overdue to be taken down a notch or two, how hypocritical is it to castigate other celebrities for using their fame to promote their ideals when Parker and Stone frequently justify their forays into bad taste by claiming it carries a political message? Uh, no matter how ill-informed or foolish some activists, activists slash actors may appear, at least they are sincere. For Parker and Stone, political idealism is something to be exploited or mocked. To summarize, liberals appear naive and corruptible. They end up working for the terrorists. Uh, terrorists appear violent and evil, and conservatives appear awkward, over-aggressive, but justified. The message uh, and the image are the same in the film. It is not satire. Worse, still... It appears perfectly on message with White House personnel. Now remember, this is Bush's White House. Uh, the film is more open in its hatred for the left, showing contempt for actors in general and politically active actors in particular. Politically active actors in particular. Uh, so the actors that is in the guild are Alec Baldwin. He's the leader. Yeah. Matt Damon, Helen Hunt, Tim Robbins, Sean Penn. Danny Glover, Ethan Hawke, Samuel Jackson, Susan Sarandon, Martin Sheen, George Clooney, Liv Tyler, and Janine Garofalo. Um, all pretty political people, for the most part. Um, but that wasn't really the point of that. It was more like um, joking about how actors always are like the social justice warriors always whenever they find a cause to get behind that was more the joke yeah not like but saying to the extreme here yeah 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 because I mean, they actually side with kim jong-il yeah they, they they took it to the to extreme like oh we want peace and it's you know kim jong-il's like they were saying actors are stupid you know and stuff like that but i mean that wasn't like a personal belief 
It was just comedy in a movie. Yeah. Because they're actually, like, good friends with George Clooney and Matt Damon. And I'm pretty sure Samuel Jackson. Um, and Alec Baldwin loved this movie. Uh, he's one of the people that still to this day says he'll walk down the street and uh, people will say, uh, you're worthless, Alec. And he'll be like, back at you, Kim. Right. Uh, and he said he loves it. He, he he likes the interactions with the fans that still, you know, recognize, like some some fans recognize Alec Baldwin from this movie. From Team America, yeah. He's not is... even in this movie. It's just, he's the, just, just a puppet be, of him and not even his voice. Yeah, he's just being made fun of in this movie. And then people are like, you know, you're worthless, Alec Baldwin. He's like, back at you, Kim. Yeah. You know, that's not how it happens in the movie. He gets his head blown off in the movie. <laughs> but, of course, you know, Alec Baldwin's not just going to let people walk around and call him worthless. Right, he's yeah. not. He's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's just, it's all in good fun, really. That's, that's something you don't understand. Like, a lot of people want to take this this into politics and stuff like that actually they they had an idea to have more politic more politicians in the movie and they're like no i think it'll get a little too political this isn't a political it movie too really preachy. yeah yeah it, it, they were just trying to make fun of stuff and have a good comedy yeah so you know and i i think sometimes too is that a lot of people think that if you if you talk about something like this then people are like, well, obviously you believe in that. You believe that actors are terrible, and somebody like Michael Moore is, they, you know, he's he could possibly be like a terrorist and all that kind of stuff. And I it's mean, like, they don't like Michael Moore, but I mean, I it, sometimes I think he has he has good intentions of what he wants to do. And like I watched Bowling for Columbine, and then I watched uh, I watched another one that he did. It was another documentary that he did. And it he's was, a radical, and though. it was interesting. And it's like you know, I mean. You know, politically, it's like I lean more towards the left than maybe Steve does, but I don't know what that means. But I mean, as far as like you know, like, like Democrat voting and stuff like that. But there are some things that I might, might agree with conservatives on. My thing is, is that like I do with what I think makes sense. If something makes sense, then I think we should go. That's that all anyone should ever do. Yeah, is do what they think makes sense. The thing with Michael Moore, though, that I don't necessarily agree with whenever he makes a documentary he makes sure all the information in it uh favors um his cause his beliefs it's very and that's not it's very skewed towards his opinion yes and a lot of documentaries are made that way but that's not how they should be made uh because that's not information that fits uh what's um supposed to you know document Documentaries are supposed to be educational most of the time, but Michael Moore's specifically are not educational for the most part. They're just whatever his beliefs are, heavy, and he cuts everything else out. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's a big problem to me. That's why I don't watch that, because anyone that would do that, like, you know, there's some MTV documentaries that's heavy on some stuff, and then you're like... Yeah, but that's not all the information. You're just telling me the information that will make this show good. You're not telling me the rest of it that, you know. And yeah, Fox News has a tendency to do that too, where they do the stuff that looks good for their side, but they don't really mention the other stuff that might look the other side look good. And let's be honest, yeah. all news does that now to try to sway votes. Uh, Fox News started that, definitely, because they're central, but then every other people 
copied it. And that's not a good thing. That yeah. you're like, okay, well, this sways you to the left or sways you to the right. I'd rather you just tell me the truth. And, you know, instead of me having to look up four different sources and find out it's all bullshit. Because <laughs> uh, there's, like, this whole thing that people make fun of now, like the fake news stuff. Yeah. And it's like they're, they're already kind of ahead of the game a little bit on this movie because, you know, just the idea that, like, you would have, you know, like these, like, film actors that are, like, you know, forming this coalition with, like, Kim, Kim Jong-il and stuff like that. Like, this almost feels like something that would be reported by somebody who was just trying to, like, stir shit up. Like, oh, yeah, you know, did you hear that, you know, like, so-and-so, like, say, Rob, like, Robert De Niro, because De Niro's kind of been, like, more vocal, you know, now that Trump is president, he doesn't agree with Trump, right? So, a lot of people would be like, great. a lot of people would be like, oh, De Niro, yeah, he probably, you know, he probably... You know, he probably likes, you know, Kim Jong-un or something now that, you know, Kim Jong-un is taking over from his father. But it's it's weird when you go back and you watch this movie because it's like we're still dealing with North Korea. And this movie we're dealing with Kim Jong-il, his dad. Well, and it's know. also something for you to know that De Niro was predominantly Republican before Trump got in party. And now he's still Republican, but he's against Trump. He was, yeah. you know, De Niro was never really a Democrat. He just, I mean, we're not political on this show, but no, we're not going to take this super political. But when you're taking talking about kids a movie away like from, this, you know, I try to stay away from it because I, I'm not in the loop of political politics, and you know, hear each side talk about it. You're you're kind of wondering what to believe and what not to believe, honestly, at this point. And <laughs> well, know, my roommate talks about politics all the time. Right. And there's and, times when I'm like, I might be okay to talk about it. And I might be like, okay, well, let me chime in my two cents. And then other times I'm like, I just want to go to my room and play Skyrim. I don't really want to hear about the fucked up shit somebody did today. Right. And, you know? <laughs> and maybe some of it's right. Like, some of it's, like, true, but other stuff isn't. But whenever you talk about taking kids away from families of immigrants and it's stuff like that. There's not a lot like of shades that, of gray there. That's pretty black and white. Uh, there's just... Because I could just imagine, like, if I'm coming to a country because mine's poor and I'm starving and... I want a better life for my kids, and you try to take my kids out of my hands, I will fucking kill you. Right. Uh, <laughs> so that's where my unbiased ends. Um, that shouldn't happen to one person, let alone thousands. Yeah. So, yeah. But sometimes I stand. We... I stand as against. So that, I, I will take a political stand on that. And yeah. I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. I, I, I go with, like John said, what makes sense. Yeah. You know, like, you know, I think we both kind of liked some of the stuff that Bush did because he got some stuff done, but we didn't like some of the stuff he did. He was just kind of a guy that actually could convince people to work with him. Obama could never get that because nobody wanted to work with Everybody's him. Everybody's so divided now. And that's part of the problem you know, uh, before we, like, continue with the rest of the movie. But that's part of the problem now is that everybody wants to immediately jump to a side, and we don't have a whole lot of people like, say, John McCain left that's like, okay, look, I have particular views on stuff that I like to do, but if you come at me with an idea that I think makes sense, I'll listen to you, and if I like it, I'll probably vote he'll for it. He'll walk in a room and shut your bullshit down, no matter yeah. if you're a Republican or a Democrat, or he'll 
and boost it up, no matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat, because he wants to help the country. He's from a different generation. Back Which in is, the day, you know, you had guys like Truman and Eisenhower that did what was best for the country. They didn't do what was best for their political party. And let's start that up again, everyone. Let's not pick a side anymore. Let's and and if these sides aren't working, you know what you as a people can do? Change it. Yeah. Change it. There, there, there doesn't have to be a side. We can change it. The politicians are the only one that says that there's a side. We can change it. Because we're the people. We're the ones with the votes. We're the ones with the power. And if we try to change it and it doesn't work, then we don't have the power anymore. And this isn't a democracy. So we, no. we're still a democracy. Let's change it. America! Fuck yeah! <laughs> Coming to save... See, we're saving the motherfucking day now. We're explaining to you how this works. Yeah. We're going to change America once and for all. We do not want to be presidents or any political party. We'd rather just do our podcast. Uh, yeah. But we're no, telling if you're going to vote for anybody, it's going to be for that uh, Rogers Barnes ticket 2020. <laughs> Rogers Barnes. We're with you till the end of the road. <laughs> yeah. Rogers Barnes. I actually Steve found Rogers. a... Uh, Bucky Barnes. I found a uh, bumper sticker that said that once. But and... seriously, if we could get Chris Evans and Sebastian Stan, I'm in. Yeah. I'm totally in. Or we could get uh, President Obi-Wan Kenobi for 2020. That would be pretty cool. Ewan McGregor? Ewan McGregor, yeah. I know he's or not just, American. Or just have him just be Obi-Wan all the time. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, but, How many uh, comments do you have left? Uh, just, uh, oh, hang on. Did I skip something? <laughs> No, you didn't. Let's uh, go. Uh, no, I have two. I have two. Yeah, well, they're... Uh, yeah, because the one thing about this movie, like when I was going through comments, is that you have people that don't really like how they feel like they're attacking the liberals and the actors and stuff like that. And so a lot of times that's what the comments would be. So I was trying to look for other stuff. Like that was a big chunk of what people didn't like was like how they attacked the actors. Do attack, Susan. So random. She's a national treasure. Leave her alone. She is but, a national treasure, though. We we agree with that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not up for debate. Um, but her being made fun of and shot and killed is kind of funny in this context of puppetry. With puppets, yeah. It's fucking puppets. Like, don't take this shit seriously, man. But, uh, so anyway, so the next one, it says, uh, the satire emerges in the excessive force used by Team America, as we've all heard. But this side of things dies down very quickly after the first few scenes. There were some good bits, especially the songs about Pearl Harbor sucking. <laughs> I'm so ronery in the montage song and the sex scene and the occasional line, uh, were, you know, but were these enough to carry the film? Don't yes. think so. A lot of the uh, joked... Uh, joked. A lot of the joked. I don't. Did they spell that wrong, or did they? Were they trying to say something? Just, Was this Jared Leto? Yeah. A lot of or the is joked. It Jar- is it Jared Lego? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh man. At least if he was made out of Legos, at least he could put something together that made fucking sense. <laughs> yeah, like his shitty tattoos on. Yeah, damaged. Like your or career. His smile <laughs> that's on his hand because. You know, he doesn't have to, like, do anything with his mouth, apparently. Yeah. Like, they're like, we'll just put it on your hand. Mark that way you don't have to act. You can just go, ha, 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 Whatever. Yeah, Mark Hamill's still a better joker than you. But anyway, uh, but it says a lot Cesar of the... Romero's a better joker than you. Right, yeah. Uh, it's a, a lot of the jokes, I think they mean a lot of the jokes, with an S, were Not constantly... Yeah. <laughs> he just loves the D. Yeah, some people just love the D. 
Uh, we're constantly ribbing you uh, as if to say, get it, get it, get it. It's funny, but sadly it wasn't. I'm talking about the puke joke and the FAG joke, which gets beaten to death. It's and pretty then, fucking and then, uh Because they're some... listening to actors and it just says fag in front of all of right. them. <laughs> and That's pretty so, funny. And then someone, Alec Baldwin, talks. Uh, that and the general sense of jokes were really lowbrow, which is fine, uh, but they were mainly aimed at 12-year-old boys, which may explain why my little brother loves it and my girlfriend hated it. I would not recommend this film to anyone unless I hated them. Forget, uh, what? forget about the sex scene. It's less than 30 seconds and certainly not worth the price of admission. Nor has it anything to do with the storyline. It's just a ploy for the curious to show out their hard-earned money to purchase a movie ticket. Eventually, Team America becomes a rehash of themes and even direct... Even directly items stolen? Even, I think they mean even steal items directly from Parker and Stone's own show, South Park. Whether it's the yeah, Kim, I mean, Jong Kim Jong il sounds like Cartman. Yeah, it, whether it's the Kim Jong il crossbreed of Cartman and the City Walk guy, the montage song, the mockery of, of country music exploiting 9 11, the dicks and pussies paraphrase from the end of South Park. <laughs> that was the greatest I'm a little bit of, I'm a little bit country. It's all just a rehash. But the whole, like, you know, the whole dicks, pussies, assholes thing, like, it's probably, like, especially, like, at the end when he's on the stage and he's doing that, <laughs> and she was like, she was like, you had me at dicks, fuck, assholes. <laughs> I'm like, you know, like, if you're, if you're watching this and it's like, it's meant to be ridiculous, but it's like, we pointed this out in other movies, how the fuck do you steal something that you wrote from one like a different property yeah. that you own, that you have, you know, creative control over. If they borrow something from South Park, that's their fucking prerogative because they, I don't know, fucking created South Park. It's like some of the people that, uh, just talking about corn uh, as an example, like the band, not yeah. the, not actual corn. <laughs> uh, uh, Although actual corn is delicious. It is corn, way. and it copies from each other. That's a fact. Um, right. <laughs> but. Uh, one of the things about it is like they've actually repeated the same music and used different lyrics for the songs and people are like well they just ripped off their other songs it's like well guess what they can fucking do that yeah it's their music they create it in the first place but well, also it's still funny in this context though yeah it is it's very funny so you know eat a dick yeah <laughs> but uh you know the whole thing about you know the, you know, freedom isn't free, like the country song. Like, that's yeah. exactly the kind of shit you would imagine Toby Keith would have written at the time. Like, it totally makes sense He did kind of write a song close to that. He was making time. fun of that. Whenever he was, like, shaking a fist, you know, the, the, the Statue of Liberty was shaking a fist and stuff like yeah. that. That's kind of the song I was making fun of. Because they're definitely making fun of that kind of shit. That's kind of the whole point of it. And yeah. I'm going to play it right yeah. Everyone has AIDS. <laughs> there we go. It actually wouldn't be that bad of a song if it had no lyrics. Like, it's actually like it's One music really good. Mm -hmm. If you were asked to give up your dreams for freedom, what would you do if asked to make the ultimate sacrifice? Do you think scenes would you think about all them? 
This world. <laughs> <laughs> How many caps do you have in here, though? Oh, total. I have a lot. I have that whole thing full of bottle caps. Man, he would be Fallout rich. I didn't I'd realize be he Fallout had rich as a motherfucker. Yeah, that's like two hundred bottle caps right there. Mm-hmm. And this right here is probably like I don't know twenty. 20, 30, Yeah. Yeah, and I have some more in the house. So like that's like thirty more. So I got like two hundred and fifty bottle caps. Yeah. Rich. Suck on that fallout. Yeah. Fallout rich. No. <laughs> that could get me in a bunker. Right, yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I do think that, like, when they talk about how, like, uh, you know, Kim Jong-il in this movie just a crossbreed of Cartman and Citywalk guy. I'm like, Does but, Kim, Kim Jong-il sound like a rapper name? Kim Jong-il? Uh, maybe if it was, like, two L's, you know? We're going like to say two L's. Like, you know, ill, I'm like... Kid- Kim Jong Il up in this bitch. Yeah, you know, because like uh, it's like something that uh, like the Beastie Boys might have come up with. Yeah. You know, this is our new MC, Kim Jong Il. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, uh, but it's just yeah. I, I think that the thing is with Trey Parker is that he that's partly what makes his characters funny a lot of times is that he he only has like certain voices that he does. And so it's like when you hear it, it's like it's like a trademark. You're like, oh, that's that's definitely Trey Parker. I know yeah. exactly who that is. It's like when you hear him do the Cartman voice in basketball. Yeah. Hey, you fat fuck! Come yeah. on, <laughs> come on, man. Yeah, like 
Oh, one thing while I'm just randomly thinking about it, uh, I was, when I was going through the comments, I was looking at a few of the comments during work, which I probably shouldn't be doing, but there was fuck all in that store. There was nobody in there. So, <laughs> there was like nobody at work, so, I mean, yeah, I was no like, one ever goes into Sears. Right. <laughs> We need to keep some anonymity, Steve, in case somebody wants to bomb us. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, nobody works at Sears anymore. <laughs> I work in nondescript store. But anyway, so nobody's there. Dollar and General. And I was, like, looking around on my phone because I was just kind of flipping through the IMDB comments to at least get to kind of, like, prepare myself on, like, the mm -hmm. stuff I should look for. Flip through one of the one-star comments. Literally, this was the headline, and it made me laugh out loud. That I'm like, if somebody asked me what I'm talking, what what I just read, I'd have to try and explain it somehow. But it said, "Team America makes Orgasmo look like Citizen Kane," and I was like, "What the fuck?" Orgasmo is Citizen Kane of comedies. Yes, it is. Yeah. I mean, stunt cock, stunt cock, and we might eventually because we are a big, you know, Matt. Stone, Trey Parker fans. We'll probably eventually do Basketball and Orgasmo. It's the only point. scene that's hard to defend, but it's, it is hilarious. Is at the end of Basketball where Trey Parker and Matt Stone make out like heavy. Yeah. It, it's really hard to watch. It's, yeah. Yeah, the, but, it, it, yeah, it's one of those things where like, you see that and you're like, okay, I know you guys are committed to the joke, but, but damn, man. Like, that's going a little you too You didn't far. have to do that. You didn't have to do that. You could have just had it where, like, they got close to look like they were, and then you could have cut away, and you still would have. It would have been just as funny, but, but then they're just like making like out for two like two and a half out. minutes or something. Right? It's like because that's gotta be uncomfortable for both of them. Like they're both married, you know. They're like they're so committed to the joke that they're like, no, we're actually gonna for real make out. And it's like okay, fuck it, let's do it. It's like that. That's taking a little bit too far. <laughs> yeah. You know. That's like, you know, that's like going down on another man to prove your loyalty to the team. <laughs> that would have been like, yeah, yeah, for real. Going a little that would have been like, in the Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back movie, they would have actually had, like, Silent Bob, like, actually go down on Jay. Yeah. It would have just been like, that's not necessary. Yeah, you don't need to do that. Because, I mean, it, a lot of that stuff is funny just on its own without actually having to visually yeah. see it. Just the Jay idea. just knocked uh, Jethro from the Beverly Hills... Uh, Beverly Hillbillies. Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the head. I was just thinking, like, Wrong. wouldn't it, wouldn't get it be, <laughs> Yeah, get the sucking. Wouldn't it be funny if you could see a mashup of like uh, the Beverly? It could be like the Beverly Hillbillies cop. Wouldn't that be pretty funny? Mm. We should make that. Hollywood make that happen. Across. Like Axel, Axel's like doing a case for the Beverly Hillbillies. Hillbillies yeah. Oh man. Beverly Hillbillies. Well, cop. it wouldn't work because um, Jim Varney's. Away. Oh, yeah, shit. Well, we could probably you get You cannot somewhere. do any more Beverly Hillbillies without Jim Varney, because yeah. he was the perfect person. That sucks. That's but that's a, a good that's a good uh, fantasy to think about, though. Yeah. Damn. Be pretty I know awesome. it's been a while, but... Yeah. I, I totally forgot. Damn. Yeah. Jim Varney. Rest in peace, man. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so getting to the, uh, the end of the last comment, right? Uh, it says, uh, the gruesome violence at the end of this movie, where every liberal actor and actress in Hollywood is brutally killed, with guts flying every which way, makes it extremely inappropriate for children or anyone who is not sadistic. I'm a middle-aged adult, and I had to look away from the screen. 
if something is offensive, then I think it is okay to be offended by it and not have to be ashamed or embarrassed about it. This, uh, this film is offensive in every way possible, to every group of people possible. Apart from anything else, it is, enough, it is offensive because it is such a lousy movie, massively overlong, appallingly badly scripted, lazy, complacent, endless use of the most uh, obvious obscenities and sexual and toilet humor. Rarely have I felt so insulted by a film. This is the very worst of modern American entertainment, and its effect is deadening, stultifying, I'm not even sure what that means, and definitely, or you know, infinitely worse than the most tired and cliched action film that it believes in nothing but its own cleverness and superiority. In cajoling its viewers to find humor in violent death, torture, homosexual rape, cultural vandalism and genocidal despotism or despotism this film is an open invitation to rebel and apathy moral decadence cultural and spiritual bankruptcy and that in, in that it could not serve the interest of emperor bush and his henchmen better if it tried i hated it oh my god <laughs> um, this guy just throw a bunch of words out there and then he was like Emperor Bush really? Yeah. Like did anybody ever at one point think that Bush was smart enough to take over America? Yeah. <laughs> like he you know he was you can't a, do that. For one you can't do that. So no. people stop saying that you can do that. People are like, are like, you just people did take the over same the thing with Obama. It's like, oh, he's not going to give us power back. It's like, no, because they're at war. To. You know, that's that's not a rule. That's Star that, Wars, and that doesn't count for this. That's <laughs> not a rule that <laughs> if you're at war, the president doesn't have to give us power. That's not a rule for America. No, that's not real. I don't even know. When that's we, not real. When did we get Harry Truman, Steve? Because. I mean, it was during a war. Yeah, we were during World War II. What happened? How did Harry Truman uh, get into office? Uh, the other the president got assassinated, right? No, no, FDR didn't get assassinated. Oh, he, no, no, he got a... He, he died from polio. He died. He died from polio. That's right. In office. And then yeah. Harry Truman took over. Harry Truman took over. In war. The worst war ever. Yeah. Um, but even if, you're, if, you, if you have a healthy president... Uh, you know, and Truman still... had to deal with an election also during that. Yeah. Um, so he didn't just get to keep that power. He actually had to run an election and win the power, uh, which he didn't. Uh, didn't he lose that election, the next one? Truman? Truman was the president until 52, I think. And then Eisenhower took over. Right. Once Eisenhower okay. was elected, and so he, he yeah, he won the next election, and then Eisenhower took over Truman, the next I think Truman served all eight years. He'd served two terms. Yeah. And then Eisenhower took over in the fifties, and then we went basically had Eisenhower up until but almost Kennedy. Truman didn't be. He wasn't able to become the emperor of America because no. of the war, and even if the war was still going. Whenever Truman was in office, he would have had to give up his power. I mean, it's not. Yeah, you, you can't, just, can't keep your power I mean, this after eight years. This, this is an emperor, emperor Palpatine taking control of the Senate. Yeah, Star you Wars know? rules don't exist. So yeah, whatever you guys think that can happen when you're like, 
well, George Bush could have just kept America. It's like, no. And probably yeah. didn't want to. That motherfucker aged 20 years in eight years. <laughs> yeah, obviously see him now, man. He's He looks super old now. You, you think people want this? They're, they're, they're born for it. They're bred for it. I mean, some people do good jobs. Some people do bad jobs. It's really based on the Senate and the Congress. Yep. Like, what, what, who they like. Really, that's, that's what it's up to. I mean, it doesn't even matter if they're Republican or Democrat. What it comes down to is the Congress and the Senate, whether they're going to let, you know, they're, they're going to let these people do what they want to do. Yeah. And so far, with Trump, he's just doing what the fuck ever he wants to without any of that. So, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't even seem like it's very American. And that's the thing, I think sometimes, you know, when it, like, if you want to talk about, like, you know, Emperor Bush and his and his henchmen and his cabinet and stuff like that, it's like, it doesn't matter who gets into office. The days of somebody getting into office that most everybody universally likes is basically gone. We will probably never, especially now with social media, because now anybody with a fucking opinion and, like, an email account can just talk about whatever bullshit they want to online. With no research or no With no research, they anything. can just go just purely on gut feeling, oh, you know what, I think Jet Fuel can... Like, you can't, like, melt steel beams, so 9-11 had to be an inside job. It's like, you guys are missing the fucking point. The point was is that, you know, thousands of fucking Americans lost their lives on that day. And we're worried well, about, like, oh, did Bush do it from the inside with help from bin Laden? The, Who gives the, a fuck if he did? Well, the, the, the is answer is people... 100% no. Yeah, I mean... he didn't. No, he Do you know anything not... about George Bush? Yeah. I mean... Of course he for, didn't. For one, that is ridiculous. Yeah. He may be kind of a dumbass, but he's not a traitor. He can't he avoid served... a shoe, though. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Remember when that guy threw that shoe at him? Yeah. When he was doing the press conference and the fucking Arab guy threw the shoe at him, he was like, he was doing something for the middle, like Middle East politics. Right. And the guy fucking threw a shoe and he like ducked it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was in the military. He's a, he's an American. We actually one of the things that we should do, you know, maybe maybe later, but. Um, is starting supporting our presidents, no matter which side wins, instead of always bashing them. I'm not saying this one. Maybe the <laughs> next one. Maybe uh, the next one, especially if our president ends up being the rock. Uh, whoever it is needs to be committed to whatever they're doing, and uh, everyone else needs to back them. Uh, because this dividing the, the country and stuff, I mean, we, we always think we're better than the Koreas and stuff, but we're not looking like it. Yeah, We're not looking like it at all. I mean, we need to be better than that. We're supposed to be a democracy, so whoever gets voted into office, we need to um, back them and support them. Like I said, maybe after, um, after this. The current one. Uh, yes. <laughs> but we all do need to back each other. We, you know, and if we don't like who's in office now, we have the power. Yeah. To get rid of them. The people are supposed to have the power, and then if we can't, then that means the government's taking the power, and this this they're not supposed to be able to do that. Yeah. So we, we it's easily it's easily transitioned because in our constitution the people have the say. Just keep the say. Let's keep the say. But I think, you know, when you look at something like this and like, you know, 
because Kim Kim Jong Il is a big you know part of this movie because he's kind of like the main villain. Well, and I guess maybe partially Alec Baldwin's supposed to be in this movie too. He kind of ends up being portrayed like a villain. But like with Kim Jong Il, it's like you know this guy was like Alec Baldwin's not a villain. He's definitely not a villain. He's actually a really cool dude. He's really good. This is in this movie he's painted like a villain because he's the leader of the FAG, you know the Film Actors Guild. The um, <laughs> But uh. But I think the thing about, like, you know, because we, we were still dealing with Kim Jong-il at this point, and the thing is, like, with the Koreans is that, like, you know, like, the stuff that, like, the North Koreans have done to their own people is pretty, you know, I mean, it, it's terrible. Like, the stuff that the stuff that Kim Jong-il did to his people, the stuff that Kim Jong-un does to his people now, I mean, you know, just from, like, you know, prison camps and all that kind of stuff. It's going to make them all look like if, Dennis Rodman. If you're, like, all, if you're, you know, right? Hey, if they can learn how to rebound like Rodman, you know. No, that's the thing. That's going to make them all like Dennis Rodman, and none of them play basketball. None of them can play ball, yeah. It'd be the uh, worst torture ever. But I, I think that, like, when it comes to, like, somebody saying, like, like when he sa- like when this person says, if something is offensive, and I think it's okay to be offended by it, and have to be ashamed or embarrassed about it. Uh, but it says, this film is offensive in every way possible to every group of people possible. Yeah. And I'm like... The, the thing is, is that, like, you know, like we're, we're two white guys, and so we, we have a different approach to things than maybe some other people do. I don't understand how a Hispanic person looks at this movie. I don't understand how, like, a Muslim person works, looks at this movie yeah, or that a Korean matter, person. Though. Like, we don't understand that point of view, right? So, like, a lot of people sometimes have, like, this, like, fake outrage about stuff where it's like they're outraged for something that maybe they don't, they're not particularly part of. But I think... What happens is, is like if you watch a movie like this, or say you watch a movie like Tropic Thunder, which has some pretty fucking crazy shit in it, because we did a whole episode about that. It's like a lot of times we need movies like this to be fucking ridiculous, because part of it, this is just entertainment. This is a movie about fucking puppets, literally about puppets fucking at one point, like yeah. really full-on sex scenes, like every orifice, every position, like there's literally puppets fucking in this movie. You have uh, Gary the puppet uh, fucking vomiting like uncontrollably for like two minutes, and even at that point, I'm kind of like I'm, I I kind of even feel queasy watching this because I'm like that's a lot of vomit. <laughs> but if you watch this movie and you think like and you're taking everything so serious about you know oh why are the actors allied with Kim Jong Il and like they're not designing this shit to be any kind of a documentary. They're, this is meant for purely for entertainment. To fuck with people, make some jokes, and have fun with it. And the fact that they include people like Michael Moore, who's like a you know severe like left wing le- liberal guy, and then you know yeah people like you know characters like Kim Jong Il in this movie. But like, what happens with Kim Jong Il at the end of this movie? You remember it, right? Yeah, he uh, gets pushed off the balcony and he's stabbed through the heart by a uh, Bismarck. Yeah, helmet. Yeah. And then what happens And afterwards? then a cockroach comes out of his mouth, and he's like, you'll, you'll see me again, and he gets to a spaceship and flies off. A fucking roach crawls out of Kim Jong-il's mouth, gets into a spaceship, and flies away. And we're, we're and people are taking this movie seriously? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? It's a movie about puppets... And doing crazy shit like this, like at one point, like they they're like we're gonna you know release uh, Kim Jong Il's uh, Panthers on you, and it's fucking two black house cats. It's two, yeah. And it's yeah. like what the fuck? 
And then Sarah, the you know, because she's like the the psychic, the empath or whatever. She's uh, like, point. yeah, she's like she can like you know tell the you know the the cats like the panthers, right? In quotes, the panthers because it's it's just house cats. Because I mean they're they're doing this for, I mean they're doing this as practically as they possibly can. They're not gonna get like miniaturized panthers like how the fuck. I think Star Wars fans would have been happier if the Last Jedi would have been done this way. Right? Yeah. Being like, see, they use practical effects and like real creatures. Yeah, it looks like garbage, and the story doesn't make any sense. But sweet. But at least they kept it true to the yeah, original. Yeah, here's the Last Jedi. It yeah. was Too exciting. But that's the thing, like, when you see, like, the cockroach, like, climb out of his mouth and stuff like that, it's like, that's, like, fucking Man in Black type shit. That he's, like, a fucking cockroach alien or something, and he has a little spaceship, and he flies away, and, like, that, you, how the fuck do you take this movie seriously? Sometimes I think when people watch a comedy movie, they, if, if maybe if it's, like, what it is is that it's because it, maybe it's not their sense of humor. So, like, when they watch something like Tropic Thunder, they start thinking, like, oh, well, I don't really find this funny. So let me sit here and think about how fucked up the rest of this movie is so I can bitch about it on IMDb. They do the same thing with this movie. Oh, this is fucked up. I don't really find it that funny. If you don't find it funny, fucking either, like, don't go to the theater and pay money for something and then just, like, and then just bitch about it. Like, if you went to this movie uh, thinking it was going to be something else and it wasn't what you thought it was, you have the ability to leave. Now, sometimes movie theaters might give you your money back and other times they might give you the finger and say, fuck you. I would say fuck the, you. Yeah, you paid for the because movie. Because if you have hate in your heart and you're not going to laugh anyway, you already know that before you go in the theater. Right. I mean, uh, especially if you see if you see that this movie was directed by Trey Parker and you have Matt Stone helping him, because Matt Stone was a producer for this, right, wasn't he? I'm pretty sure he or, was, yes. Because it's, it's directed by Trey Parker, but I think... Matt was a, uh, I think he was a, like the executive producer of this or something. I'm sure, he, I'm sure um, he was something important on this yeah. movie. I mean, he is Matt Stone for yeah. Christ's sakes. Matt Stone, yeah, the second most important stone behind Emma. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, and then maybe, I mean, the other. I mean, I guess you could say the Infinity Stones are pretty powerful, but they're not as powerful as Emma Stone. No, no, no. they could get Emma Stone in the MCU right now. Thanos over. Yeah, done. <laughs> but like, if you see that there's a, a there's a poster that says Team America World Police, and you see fucking puppets on the poster, and then and you see like, this is directed be by Trey Parker, a scariest movie. And you're like, I'm gonna go watch this movie. I don't know who this Trey Parker guy is, but I'll go see it. Maybe it's funny. Yeah, don't watch it. If you don't know who the fuck Trey Parker is, why the fuck are you watching this movie? Like, really, really, these movies are are strictly only for South Park fans. Yeah, really, I mean, you have to be a fan of South Park, I think, to understand the humor of this. and Because they know that there's an audience of people that like this type of crude, you know, sort of like toilet humor and like, you know, like body humor and stuff like that. Like, they know that there's people that like this. So they're like, okay, well, we're going to make a movie for like our fans that like this. It's the, the people all the time say that like, well, you know, Kevin Smith doesn't really do very mainstream movies. He makes movies for his fans. Yeah, exactly, because he knows that he has yeah. an audience that will watch the shit. Yeah, fuck Jack everyone Black else. makes movies for his type of audience. If you're not a fan of Jack Black, if you're not a fan of, say, Trey Parker or Matt Stone, why the fuck are you watching their movies and then being aggravated about how much you hate it at the end? Or you should know what the fuck you're getting into. Oh, Timothy Burton. Right. Same <laughs> shit. I mean... So... I just um, think sometimes people just, they... 
they don't understand what to expect about a movie. Like, I'm going to try to read up on a movie before I watch something like that. Unless, like, Steve's like, hey, you got to watch this movie. It's hilarious. And I'll be like, okay, well, Steve knows the kind of shit that I'm going to like. I'm not going to be, like, some kind of triggered cupcake where I'm like, fuck this movie. It's offensive. I'm like, Steve knows generally if he suggests something to me, I'm generally going to like it. Or at least I'll give it a chance. Yeah. Because that's how we are. We're more, you know, glass half full people than half empty. These yeah. dickheads get on IMDb and they're always, you know, glass half empty people because they're like, oh, well, look how much fucked up stuff's in this movie. You fucking pissed. Yeah, it's like, just, Demist. you should understand what you're watching before you get into it. And if you don't like it, then okay, fine. Leave the movie. If you don't like it, leave the movie theater and then go do something else with your time. You know, maybe you spent money on something that you'd end up not liking. We have Jack, all spent dick, gun, bullets, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the shooting range and feel like a man. But, you know, just do some but research. But you're not a man. You're Re- not a man at all. <laughs> do some research before you actually watch something like this so you understand what you're getting into. Or just you go know? into everything with a little bit of open of mind. Yeah. Now, one thing I did notice about this movie before we wrap it up is there were no fan theories for this movie. There were no fan theories for this movie? There were none. So no, really? I wanted to create some before we ended it. Because I feel like every movie should have a fan theory. Yeah. So, um, my first fan theory is we are all puppets created by Trey Parker and Matt Stone for their enjoyment. Um, that would explain the world today. So... We're all stuck in a type of Matt Stone, Trey Parker, puppet verse. That's pretty intense because sometimes I feel like we are in some kind of weird Matt Stone, Trey Parker world. Either that or they just, their writing is so is so good they predict ridiculous shit before it right. happens. That brings me to my next point. Team America takes place inside the Matrix. <laughs> they are the puppet controlled by the machines, controlled by the humans, who are controlled by the puppets. Oh, okay. You guys figure that out. So there's like a Russian nesting doll of control here. Yes. (laughs) Okay. It's how they actually view Americans' involvement in other countries and how they believe actors are always social justice warriors. Which I think it's probably the closest thing to what an actual fan theory would be probably still pretty wrong, but there's three fan theories that you guys can go ahead and put out there for this movie because it had none before now. Um, so, this has been Beyond the Hate. This has been Beyond the Hate. Peace. Happy 4th of July, everybody. Happy 4th of July! Shoot off some fireworks, get drunk! Get fucked up. Celebrate! Doesn't matter if you're uh, born in America or not. If you're here, I miss celebrate. You more than Michael Bay missed the mark. You're American now. When he yeah. made Pearl Harbor, I miss you more than that movie missed the point. <laughs> this is a fantastic song too. By the way, this is now, yeah. now you've gone earlier, away. But then when it fell kind of back, I was not like, it was kind of yeah, we'll end it with this. Yeah. It works, I just play the whole thing. Because we're also here like Michael Bay, so fuck that guy. We're never going to do this man for the business. No. Not even bad.